today on Locked On Anaheim Ducks. A quick catch-up on the latest on the NHL playoffs. We'll talk about that today on Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How's it going, everyone? I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez, covering hockey for over a decade. And we're going to start the week with a quick show. We're going to catch up on all the stuff that's happened so far in the conference final. Oh, sorry, the semifinal for the Stanley Cup playoffs. As a reminder, you could hear this podcast or any of the other podcasts on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, or the new Odyssey app. And also, also, don't forget to subscribe, rate, comment if you have not already. And this show is brought to you by the Locked on NHL podcast. Listen every day for the latest on NHL news, Mondays and Wednesdays, or I guess today's Monday. So you will hear Sarah Avampado talking to various hosts from around the league as we catch up on the latest news. All right. So just to catch up quickly on what's going on in, I'm going to call it semifinal one, semifinal two, but I'm going to call it the West final and the East final because the East final is the same two teams as it was last season. So there's really no reason to say, oh, it's someone different. Uh, let's go with the uh, let's go with the West first because those four games have already happened. And we'll start very quickly with game one where it was Vegas looking very strong pretty much the entire game. Um, Vegas had it from the get-go. They got the first couple goals early on, and then they just took over later in the game. Marc-Andre Fleury was on top of his game. That was probably his best game of the series. He stopped almost all 29 shots, got 28 saves, but it was the quality of the saves that he had which really set him apart on this game. And poor Carey Price. Uh, There was too many odd man rushes, too many easy shots against him, which was because there was no defense in front of him. Uh, the only game, the only goal came from Cole Caulfield, who's looked very impressive since being in the lineup. But really, this was all about Shea Theodore. Yes, I know you don't want me to say that, but Shea Theodore still looking very good in these playoffs. I hate to say it, but Shea Theodore is still one of the better players on this Vegas lineup right now. Shea Theodore got two points on that game. Riley Smith got two. Nick Holden got a goal. Jan Mark got a goal. And Alec Martinez, too. Wait, so you mean the two former SoCal players scored? Yeah, you betcha. That's exactly what happened. And then Braden McNabb later in the series, which we'll get to. But it was 4-1 to one Vegas in that game one. And then game two happened in Vegas. Montreal came back strong. Carey Price put on a clinic. And I mean, it's... I guess Fleury kind of did too, but this was the Carey Price show. Even though he stopped 29 of 31 shots, it was an early lead for Montreal. And it looked like they played a lot of four corners hockey in game two. And some four corners hockey in game three as well, where they just played keep away in order for Vegas to not come back. And that did indeed work where Joel Armia and Paul Byron looked really good. But Tyler Toffoli with the game winning goal. Wait, Tyler Toffoli, the same, yes, the same Tyler Toffoli got the game-winning goal for the Canadians in Game 2. And then Game 3 happened. This is the one I want to talk about a lot because for you Ducks fans, this already stirred up a lot of memes where it was 2-2 going into overtime. This was a close game, by the way. Corey Perry was everywhere on the ice on Game 3. 
including nearly scoring a couple of times in Game 3. He looks fantastic. And I got to give it to Josh Anderson. Josh Anderson looked really good, but so did Cole Caulfield. Cole Caulfield's getting it just past Mark andre Fleury. And the speed of this kid is beyond amazing. I'm sure there are some teams kind of looking back on that draft going, man, we could have gotten Caulfield. We could have gotten him. Look, that 2019 draft, some teams are going to want that one back, just as some teams are going to want back passing up Trevor Zegras. I mean, the two if you were to redraft, the two players that would move up the most would be Zegras and Caulfield, I believe. So it was 2-2 two to two for a while until we got to overtime. And in that overtime is where crap hit the fan. Corey Perry got viciously cross-checked in the face. He was bleeding from his nose. He needed stitches for that one. So immediately after he got those stitches, it was like, okay, Corey Perry needed to leave the game right there. Blood dripping all over the place. And just as he was about to get stitches on a breakaway, Josh Anderson scored the game-winning goal for Montreal. And that gave Montreal a 2-1 to series lead. They won that one 3-2. But the best part about that whole thing was immediately when Anderson scored, Corey Perry rushed out from the locker room and came out to greet his teammates as he has blood all over his face. That was quite a look from the Canadians. I mean, look, Corey Perry is still kind of beloved here in Anaheim, <laughs> despite the fact that he's getting paid 6.7. He's getting paid 6.7 million from the Ducks, and he's still doing this. That's incredible. I, I still can't believe it. I mean, what? <laughs> what? What even is this? What? What? 6.7 million dollars? And he's still scoring goals, getting assists, doing his thing. Oh, boy. So that was the Game 3. That was a fun one. Game 4, not so fun for the Canadians. And I know most of you Ducks fans or SoCal hockey fans are not Golden Knights fans. You can't be too happy with what happened there. So before the game, there was controversy because Robin Leonard... Robin Leonard decided, you know what? I'm going to get to the arena early because... Oh, wait. Pete DeBoer is starting Robin Leonard in place of Marc-Andre Fleury, who had, as Steve Dangle would call, Fleury had a dang it, where he got a goal for the Canadians. It bounced off of Fleury's skate and went in. Kid you not. So that made it... I mean, that's partially what gave Montreal the win in Game 3, was Fleury's mistake. So Pete DeBoer said, you know what? I'm going to start Robin Leonard. Robin Leonard hasn't started... Since the last, since the previous round, game one, that was the last time Leonard started, and it did not go well for him. So what's going to happen here? Well, apparently Robin Leonard showed up to the arena two hours early and went on Twitter to see all the people crap talking on him on Twitter. That's why he got there. That's what he said on the press conference after the game. And just to cut to the chase, it was close early on. Uh, Braden McNabb. And Paul Byron, they each scored goals. Byron, with the early goal, with about a minute left in the second period, that gave Montreal a one nothing lead. But late in the third, it was a tie game. So we got Nicholas Waugh, who then scrambled in front of Carey Price. So there was a shot from Carey Price's right. Juicy rebound. 
Carey Price tried to gather himself, sprawled to his side, tried to make the save, couldn't do it. And there was Nicholas Waugh with the game-winning goal for Vegas. So now that series, as of right now, is tied 2-2. Two to two. And that's where we are going into the rest of the week. And we'll talk about the other series after we talk about Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar in the land. They come in several fantastic flavors, including Cherry Barcia, Raspberry, Coconut, Mint Brownie, Double Chocolate. They are all great flavors. If you haven't tried all the flavors, get a mixed box. We will get two of each of the nine flavors. So it feels like there's something for everyone. And not only are they delicious, but they are healthy too. Only 17 grams of protein, 4 grams of sugar, and only 130 calories. Hey, that's really good. Go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. The best tasting protein bar ever. All right, we're going to talk about the Eastern final after we have this brief word. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez, and this show is brought to you by betonline.ag, the one place that has you covered and the one place we trust. They have all the sports happening right now, including Major League Baseball, the NBA playoffs, and oh boy, what an Eastern Conference final we have. The Bucks winning in seven and the Hawks winning in seven. So you have the NBA playoffs and you have the NHL playoffs. You got some close series going on. The Isles and the Bolts. And of course the Habs and the Knights. So those four teams are left. If you want to place a bet on any of those series. Go to betonline.ag. Open up a free account. And use promo code LOCKEDON to get a 50% welcome bonus. That is betonline.ag, the exclusive online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. And please gamble responsibly, folks. Please do it. Don't bet on, well, don't bet on the Brooklyn Nets ever again because they're out. All right, so we've got the Eastern Final, or a repeat of last year's Eastern Conference Final between the New York Islanders and the Tampa Bay Lightning. This one has been fairly close up until... Game 5, which I'm just not going to talk much about because that's a bloodbath. That's that's a freaking bloodbath. The New York Islanders did win Game 1 2-1 to one in Tampa. How did... Okay, how did this even happen? I know Matt Barzal had a really good game. Ryan Pulak, I thought, was terrific in Game 1. Uh, this one, I think, was dominated by the Islanders' just controlled possession even though shots were even on this game, I think what people are not going to realize is that the New York Islanders, for the most part, they had pretty good control of the game and had a lot of puck possession time because they did jump out to that lead early. Once they got out to that lead, they played a lot of keep away in that latter stage of the game, which resulted in the 2-1 victory. And I think that's where Tampa Bay's shot attempts and shots on goal really ramped up is towards the end because New York was playing perfect defense. They were playing keep away and it worked to perfection. So that's how they got game one. Game two, Tampa Bay came out and said, no, screw this. We're going to come out firing. And they did just that. Barzal scored again. 
but this was just everybody's game. This was the high-profile players. Victor Hedman and Nikita Kucherov. Kucherov was fantastic in Game 2. He was everywhere. I would say if there's someone that has a good chance to win the Consumize Trophy if Tampa Bay wins it, it's Nikita Kucherov. He's come back and really made his teammates better. That's one thing that I do like about Nikita Kucherov's game is he will look for the good pass. He will look for the good shot and he will have patience and even toe drag when needed. So that's why I like Nikita Kucherov in that role. Uh, as far as Victor Hedman, one goal, one assist, they jumped out early and you know they had no turning back, especially in the second period where they seemingly had control of the entire game. Ended up being a 4-2 game. Tampa Bay just took over late. Then we go back to Nassau Coliseum. Last Thursday at Nassau Coliseum, that crowd was rocking and disappointed because Tampa Bay came into Nassau Coliseum in Game 3 and said, take that away. We don't want you to win in your building. So they did that. And guess who really put the goals on the board? Yanni Gord and Braden Point. This, this was a good defensive battle for both teams. Uh, Varley looked quite good on this game, but this was the Andre Vasilevsky show. He saved 27 of 28 shots. And the Islanders, for what it's worth, they've done a pretty decent job against this $96 million team of making good shots in the home plate area. And this was exhibited in Games 3 and Game 4 in this series where a lot of the rebounds were right there. A lot of the good chances were right in that home plate area or in the high danger zone. Luckily for Tampa Bay, they came out on top 2-1 to one in Game 3. Game 4, a little bit of a different story. New York just jumped out in that second period. I'm not going to talk about the first period because a whole lot of nothing happened. But that third period was all New York. Guess who scored again? Josh Bailey, Matt Barzal, and Matt Martin. Yeah, Matt Martin. This is a guy that I've been talking about for the past couple months. That's my guy right there. Matt Martin, he was supposed to be at a wedding that day, by the way. I do want to just bring this story out. So for those that don't know, Matt Martin is married to Sydney Esiason. If that last name sounds familiar, that is Boomer Esiason's daughter. Boomer Esiason, of, of course, being a great quarterback in the National Football League way back in, in the day, back in the 90s. So Sydney Esiason married Matt Martin a while ago. And the Esiasons, they are, they're big time on hockey. In fact, here's a quote from after the game. Quote, the Esiasons are a hockey family. They're having a great time watching us play. Obviously, I'm very happy with the position we are in. We've been chasing this for a long time. My heart is obviously with them, but here as well. And I'm happy we could get a win tonight. So he was supposed to be at his brother-in-law's wedding. Gunnar Esiason got married this past weekend, and they had set that date for a long time, not knowing, one, that the NHL season would end later than normal, two, that the Isles would make it this far in the playoffs, and three, that the game would actually take place on that day. Who could have known that? So Gunnar Esiason's wedding went on because why would they change the date just for one person? So Matt Martin had to miss the wedding, but I know that the Esiason family was happy after that game. And good for Matt Martin to get the game-winning goal. The game-winning goal! That's a hell of a wedding gift. I don't think he has to give him anything else except, hey, 
I scored the game-winning goal on the wedding day. So that's something that he's not going to forget. And Matt Martin isn't much of a goal scorer. He's he's in that identity line. He's a fourth liner. But for him to get, that's huge. And, oh, by the way, this wedding was also scheduled before the pandemic. They thought it would be over by now. I mean, come on. It's mid-June for crying out loud. The Stanley Cup final is usually over by mid-June. This doesn't normally happen. So, of course, Boomer Esiason's daughter is going to say, yeah, I want him in this wedding. And technically, he was supposed to be a groomsman, but those plans changed. So, <laughs> good good for him, I guess. So, yeah, that was the game four. Uh, Tampa Bay did score two in the third period. And then after that, it was just all keep away. Braden Point scored, Tyler Johnson scored. And then game five. Now, game five, I don't want to talk about too much because that was a complete bloodbath. Tampa Bay scored, they pretty much scored a touchdown on the Islanders. Not even close. Tampa Bay took game five. So now we're in this situation where game six is taking place on Wednesday. And this is a look ahead to this particular series. Game six is at Nassau Coliseum. This is a must win for the Islanders. And this could potentially be the last game at Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum. Could be the last time we see hockey there in this long. If the Isles win, they will force a Game 7 back at Tampa on Friday night. And at this point, the Isles need to just look ahead to Wednesday. If Tampa Bay wins, they will win the series four games to two. And they will move on to the Stanley Cup Final once again. As far as the other series, Game 5 of that series is tomorrow night in Vegas. Game five's in Vegas on Tuesday. Game 6 of that series is Thursday at Montreal. If it goes to a Game 7, that would be in Vegas on Saturday night. This is going to be a fun few days in the NHL. We still have some more hockey to be had. So that's kind of a catch-up on the Stanley Cup playoffs for right now. We will definitely talk more about these series when Sarah Avampato and I make our Stanley Cup final prediction. Later on this week, Tuesday, I'll be talking with Joe DiBiase to talk about the Trevor Zegras and, you know, Jack Eichel and Jamie Drysdale and, you know, the trade rumor news. So that'll be on tomorrow's podcast. And then on Wednesday, we're going to talk about what is Wednesday's plan? I have the I have it all planned out, folks. Tuesday is going to be talking with Joe DiBiase about the Jack Eichel stuff. Wednesday will be a Q&A. I took some questions in the green room last week and I answered those. So that will be on Wednesday. Thursday will be a goals episode and we will look forward to the forwards. I'm going to talk about how the forwards did in this past season for the San Diego goals. So back to our goals Thursday. And then Friday, who knows? It might be a prediction show with Sarah if both series end in six. So we'll just go from there. All right. Thank you all so much for listening. It is greatly appreciated. If you want to hear this or any of the previous podcasts on the Lockdown Podcast Network, you could hear them on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts can be heard. Don't check. Don't forget to check out the Odyssey app, which is A-U-D-A-C-Y. You can follow me on Twitter at StimpyJD. 
follow the show Twitter at LO underscore Ducks. Don't forget to rate, comment, subscribe, and don't forget to check out the Locked on NHL podcast, as I mentioned before. Also, don't forget to check out Locked on Today. That podcast you can also find on the Locked on Podcast Network. Thank you all so much for listening. It is greatly appreciated. For Locked On Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the night. Please continue to be safe out there. Get vaccinated if you have not already. Be kind to one another and Ducks fly together.